that. That was, that was beautiful. Um, welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name is Tim, and Merry Christmas to every one of you. I haven't had a chance to say that to somebody. Why don't you turn to someone and say, Merry Christmas. Man, it's snowing outside. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful to be together on Christmas Eve, and I'm glad that you all could be here with us. That's all right. That's all right. Um, my granddaughter ordered this snow, by the way. She was forecasting this a month ago, and I'm like, Carmody, uh, Denise and all of them are saying, I don't think it always snows on Christmas. It's going to snow this Christmas, so here we are. So get the sleds out, get ready to make some snow, people, you know. So, But it is good to be together on Christmas Eve, and we hope you have a great day a great weekend celebrating the birth of Christ. You know, we talk about it not being on Christmas. I don't know why we have to have all these disclaimers. We do this all the time. But, you know, it's great that we do set a day. We set a time aside to celebrate one of the greatest things that's ever happened, and that's God coming to earth. You know, Christmas music is right now, I was listening to, I don't know if I should admit this, John Tesh, his show, and heard a song I didn't, didn't even know existed. What a wonderful song. I want to share that with you, hopefully, at the end of this uh, sermon. But uh, there's Christmas songs everywhere, and they're playing 24 hours right now. I know AMC's having 24 hours of John Wayne. I don't know what he's got to do with Christmas. Um, I've, I've, I've watched The Miracle on 34th Street. I've watched, uh, maybe you've watched uh, The Christmas Carol. There's so many different renditions. I watched the Reginald Owen version. I love that one with uh, Gene Lockhart as Bob Cratchit. You say, how do you know Gene Lockhart? If you're an old man, you know these old black and white movies, and they're really good. And I uh, hope you get a chance to maybe watch White Christmas or something uh, that you enjoy. But lots of music, and we've been looking at music uh, all this December. Um, and um, just, what is it about Christmas music? This puts us, takes, It changes our mood. It changes the way we think about life and things. And and, uh, and there's songs that are in the Bible that we've been looking at of people who were, would, would start praising God because of the coming of Christmas. So we've looked at songs, songs from Mary. Um, it's been called traditionally the Magnificent, which because she starts to magnify God for, for bringing the Christ, the Messiah, and using her of all people. She's surprised by that. And she's only curious, how's that going to work? And God answers that. Then you have Zechariah. We looked at him where God made him shut up for nine months. Imagine, he couldn't speak a word for nine months. And then as soon as John is born, he's able to speak. And it's called the Benedictus is what the, this song is called. And he finally gives the benediction. He talks about uh, Christ being born and how awesome it is. And then last week we looked at a fellow, an old man, uh, that an old guy that wrote a song. He started praising God called Simeon who had been waiting and we learned that nothing satisfies us more than Jesus Christ. And he taught us that in that song. What I noticed about this, I've been looking at this lesson and look at this passage all week. We're only looking at one verse. One verse in the Bible. And it's, drive, it's just driving me crazy. To how do you, what can I say about a verse that just says it all? And um, it's a song. It's from heaven. You see, the other three songs that we've looked at have been from people that have been on earth and they're receiving this Christmas promise. The Messiah is coming and it's wonderful, uh, a promise. And it makes them break out in song, makes them break out in praise. But today I want to talk about 
the response from heaven. This is up from not the receiving side, but the giving side. Have you ever thought about that? These are the angels that are praising God. You know, we find out in Luke chapter 2 that some shepherds are in the fields. And usually there's a big, big, uh, when a baby is born, a group of people, friends or neighbors get together and they bring musicians together and they have this big, like, you know, rock concert out in front of the house, you know, and they just go crazy uh, singing songs, welcoming this new child because a baby changes everything when you think about it. Man, that's exciting. And uh, that's usually what would happen in Jewish society, especially during the time of Jesus. But Jesus is born in a manger. He's born, born in a place where there's no musicians, nobody gathers. And just like Gary was saying, it's a very low key for some reason. Yet these, these shepherds, I picture two or three of them, they're tending sheep. And this angel appears with good news and tells them, for unto you a child is born in the city of David. It's Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And, and you're going to know. You'll see Him because He's going to be wrapped in, in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's how you'll know. And then no sooner does the, the angel say this, than all of heaven just opens up and there's a host of angels. It's not just a few. A host of them. A bunch of them. All of heaven opens up and they begin to praise God. And they say these words. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those who His favor rests. You see, I understand Mary and Zechariah and Simeon praising God because they're going to get something. They're getting the Messiah. They're receiving the Messiah. God has promised this for, for ages, since the beginning. And He's finally coming. And so they're thinking, when the Messiah comes, I get redemption. When the Messiah comes, I'll have salvation. When the Messiah comes... I'm going to be redeemed. I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to be so blessed that this Messiah is bringing everything God promises. I get that. But angels, why are you rejoicing? Because you're not on the receiving end. You're on the giving end. Why would you want to rejoice? Why would heaven want to burst out and praise God? Couldn't contain themselves and begin to praise God and give glory to God in the highest. Why would they want to do that? Knowing, knowing that when the Christ would come, he would ha God would have to leave heaven. He'd have to leave His secure place of heaven, the perfect place in heaven, and come to a broken, messy place called earth. And not only that, He would only, only come to this broken, messy place. He would be, what the Bible says, made lower than the angels. He'd be less than the angels in heaven. He'd be, what Paul talks about in Philippians, in human form. He'd be a baby, vulnerable, innocent, you could touch Him. You could speak to Him. You could hurt Him. And then think the future. What's the future look like for this child? I was telling somebody this morning, I was reading a little illustration. They were doing a little, doing a little uh, uh, interview of people on the street. You know how they do that sometimes during Christmas. They asked this lady, what's the purpose of Christmas? What's the meaning of Christmas to you? And she goes, isn't that the day Jesus died? What a thought. Isn't that the day Jesus died? See, the angels saw that not as just a birth, but knowing His future, He would be rejected, ridiculed, and He would be killed on a cross. Why are they so excited? This baby was born to die! And they're excited about it. How can you be so excited? This song says a lot. Just one verse. It says so much to us here on Christmas Eve. Because it's 
This song is about the main character of Christmas. The reason for the season. God in the flesh. Jesus the Christ. I always thought Christ was His last name. No, the Christ is the Messiah, the promised one. And what they're praising Him for, what they're giving Him glory, says, glory to God. There's two words, glory and peace, that leap out of this passage. What is this, God, to God be the glory? Give glory to God in the highest. What are they doing? They are recognizing and magnifying and sharing the, just the awesome, if there's such a word, the awesomeness of God's character. That's what Christmas is really where we find out. We see God's character. So what are the angels praising God for? What does Christmas from heaven say to us? Well, first I want you to notice that, that the angels are praising God. It says to us that God wants to be with me. Now we've talked about this so many times. You know, I can't change the script. I can't change the Scriptures, in other words. This must be very important. That God wants to be with you and I. Look at it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. There's heaven and earth. And God leaves heaven. The angels are praising God because He cares enough to come to this place. I don't know about you, I've talked to, I've talked to people and and I, as I talk to older people, I, I notice that they all have kind of a common theme. And I wonder if I'm going to start having this. I begin to have hints of it. And that is, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to get out of here. Now, why would you talk like that? You know, Alan, you know, talk to Don Yoder for a second. I'm ready to get out of here. You know, some people would like to see you go. What are you, what are you talking about, Don? You know, he's not here, right? He's not. Okay, good. I won't get a lump of coal. I'll get a lump on my head for Christmas, you know. But it's true, you know. We we get the longer we live, we just see the just the the nonsense, the cesspool we're living in, this broken, beat up world. Why would anybody want to come here? Why would you want to settle here, Lord? Because of His character, you see. Because at the root and at the core of God's character is this incredible amount of love that no one else possesses. His His love. Just goes, it just flows through His holiness, through His justice, through His power, through His wisdom, and most of all, through His faithfulness. Now, why would you say faithfulness, Tim? I don't know. I guess I got, I got to thinking about this. God makes man. He makes people like you and me. He makes Adam and Eve, puts them in a garden. And at the beginning, He's walking with them. He's living with them. He is sharing life. He's connected with them. I, I just picture every day in everything. And that's what He wants. He wants to be close to man. He wants to be close to you. But Adam and Eve wanted something else. Eventually, they, they just seemed like they wanted something else. It, God wasn't what they really wanted. They didn't want to be close to God. They didn't want to be have God in every part of their life. So they began to rebel. And the Bible says they started hiding from God. That distance begins. The first time in history on the earth, God and man are now beginning to have some distance. And it keeps growing. 
grows so much that Adam and Eve leave the Garden of Eden. Years, generations later, God would appear as an angel or appear every once in a while people like Abraham. He would talk to Noah directly. But then one day He appears to a fellow named Moses in a burning bush. And we find out the storyline that Moses goes to Egypt to get God's people out. And when He gets them out, they build this tent called a tabernacle and God dwells in it. And if you know anything about the tabernacle, it is placed in the middle of the camp. So everybody is living with God in the center. And you're thinking, this is pretty good. But God's people keep pushing God. The distance keeps growing. And then the next thing you know, they finally get into the promised land and they build a place called the temple, a permanent structure. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. And inside the building in this chamber called the Holy of Holies, God dwells there in the middle of the city of Jerusalem. Everybody can see there's two prominent buildings in the city of Jerusalem. The palace and the temple. King ruling the people and the king of kings ruling the world. And you think, well, that's great, right? That's great. No, Israel just seems to continue to resist God's presence over and over and over. And so it isn't long till God goes, I think I'm gonna, I think I take your hint. I get it. And he, he steps back and here come the Assyrians and they take over Israel and they're awful people. They're awful people. They cut you up like a fish when they kill you. They, they nail your hands, the people's hands on the gates of the city they overthrow. They are ruthless. There's a, there's a historian one time said that a, a river quit flowing one time and they went up river upstream to find out why. And the Assyrians had put so many dead bodies of the people they defeated, it cut off the flow of water. And Israel would have that for a while. Then Babylonia would come along and the Babylonian Empire would take over and take Assyria and the rest of Israel. And after that, here come the Persians. And then there's a little bit of a little break in the action and with Nehemiah and the temple is rebuilt. The wall is rebuilt. God has returned. They've offered the sacrifices. He's back in the temple. He's with His people only to be pushed away again. And then here come the Greeks. Alexander the Great. Here comes the Roman Empire. More and more distant. In Psalms 10.1, David said it this way, Why are you so distant, Lord? You ever felt like God's a million miles away? You ever felt like, man, I just feel like I'm just not connected with God right now. Not connected in the church. Not connected with God. You want to know why? You've been pushing Him away. You're wanting to live like you want to live. We want to live like we want to live. We want to do what we want to do. And we just, we just push God out a little bit more, a little bit more, a little more until He's gone. And then we wonder why He feels so distant. He's a million miles away. But see, what, what I love about the love of God is in His faithfulness because He comes back again and again and again. And He doesn't come in a bush or in a building, but He comes as a baby. He comes as one of us this time. He comes in person. Why would you do that, Lord? I come in person because I, only I can take care of this distant problem. I can see why the angels now are excited. Matthew records it this way, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she'll give birth to a son, 
and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. Just think of the alternative. God not with us. What kind of shape would we be in? See, God doesn't want to be disconnected to you or I. He wants to be close to us. And so He's a God that keeps coming and coming at us. He keeps showing up in our lives, and in our circumstances, through people, through Scripture. Why? He wants to be close to you and I. That's what Christmas is about. He wants to be with you so much. He wants to be with me so much that He would let go of heaven and come to earth in person. Ephesians 2 says it this way in the Amplified Bible. But now, at this very moment, in Christ, that's the Messiah again, in Christ Jesus, you were once, you who were once so very far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, it's snowing right now and I, I know, I, I know Jim Shrimp is on his way to uh, see his sister. Don Yoder's on his way to go see his mother. He's 70 years old, over 70 years old, and he's gonna go see his mother that's 90 something years old. Should he, Don, should you be on the roads right now? Well, he's a good driver, but come on. You ever done that? Christmas? Go somewhere, go see grandma, or go, go home, and you'll go through ice and snow, and anybody besides me done this? Raise your hand if you've done that. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You crazy? I'll never forget, the boys were real small. We had a Datsun 510. And we're driving to Bone Gap, and there's snow and black ice. I hate black ice is the worst. You can't see it. Cars are swearing over. I remember one other time we were heading to Bone Gap, trying to get to Bob and Norma's house in Bone Gap. We're just outside of Mount Vernon on 64 before the exit. It takes you on Route 15. And we watch a Suburban, I kid you not, spin two times. A full-size Suburban right in front of us. And I'm going, and we're going 30 miles an hour the whole way. A three-hour uh, or a, I guess a three-hour trip was taking us like six hours. Why are we doing this? I lost a windshield wiper one time. The driver's side. So I take one of those little brown jersey gloves you buy for a dollar at Lowe's. You know, I put it on there, and it's doing this. <laughs> Denise is like, are we going to make it home? You know, no, what she's really saying is, why are we doing this? We will do anything. I remember thinking, white-knuckled all the way to Bone Gap. We're going to get there even if it kills us. You know what I'm talking about? What makes people do that? i got to get home. i got to be with my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my grandkids. You know, people will put up with flight delays and cancellations. They'll sleep on the floor for hours just to get to who they want to see. Why? Why are you doing that? Do it. You know, you ought to do it in July. Do it when the weather's a little better, you know? No, no, I'm doing it now. Why? I do not explain it. I want to that bad. You think about, the, think about Christmas. What's Christmas about? It's about God coming and He's, He, you know what? He doesn't want you or I to be a million miles away. He doesn't, listen, He doesn't care anymore about who's caused the distance. He wants to shorten it. He wants to be with you. 
And so He just keeps coming at you and coming at you. And He'll go through the storms of humiliation and hardship and rejection and setbacks and death itself. Why? To be with you. That's what Christmas is about. He did come. Isn't that the day Jesus died? Yes. He came deciding. God came in the flesh deciding, I'm going to die for you. So He comes as a baby. I think that's why the angels are singing like they are. That's why it's so crazy in heaven. Because they're seeing the God that you and I have, that we can have, the God that loves us, that would let go of everything and white-knuckle it to earth. They see His heart. And can I tell you, I hope you see His heart, and especially this morning, somebody needs to know this, do you see God's motive? Do you see His motive? He's not trying to rain on your party. or He's not a party pooper. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he wants to be with you. And I don't know who you are this morning, who I'm supposed to say this to, but can I just say, why won't you be with Him? He just keeps coming. Well, He'll come again. You know, you, why do you resist? Why are you fighting Him? He loves you that much. He cares about you. You matter that much. And the angelic praises echo from heaven to this very day for you to see that. Christmas is about God coming in person for you. For you. And And by the way, He says, I'm coming and I'm staying. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now, there's, that's the word glory. That's what I get out of that word glory. The character of God. Look at the glory. Look at the character of God. His presence and His motive and His heart. But there's something else God wants, wants you to know, and that is this song says that God wants to give you peace. Something about falling snow. It's so peaceful. I think of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. da 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 it's just so peaceful, isn't it? Falling snow. God wants to give you peace. Could you use some peace? Well, I'll tell you what, I could. I'm, I, are you high strung like I am? You get all worked up about stuff. Slightest thing. Does the slightest thing sets you off and worry you? I, I, I'll admit it. Yeah, it happens to me. God doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to have peace. And most of the time, if we were honest, we worry... We worry way too much. We get worked up way too much about something said, something done, something that could happen. We grow unsettled and restless over what people think. Am I the only person? What people think? We get worked up and unsettled about finances. We get worked up and unsettled about health, about our job. And if we were really honest, we get all worked up and unsettled sometimes over control because we got to have that or we don't have peace. We're after this peace. And so we find ourselves constantly, I find myself sometimes in tension with other people, in tension inside, tension inside me, and it's coming from a tension that's between God and I. 
If you were to trace it back, I got um, I watched a, a video last night for the second time on how to fix Christmas lights with that red gun. How many of you got that little red gun? You need to get that red gun. It's an amazing tool. I did. I only use it for two different things. I learned how to use it for a lot. This video tells you everything about it. How to chase down that light bulb. And I had a strand that wasn't working all, all this Christmas outside. And I chased it down like the video said. And there it was. There was the source. You know, and I find out that my trouble with people or my trouble with things in general going on around me, my circumstances, if I keep tracing it back with a little spiritual red gun, guess what I find out to be? I've got some problems this way. It's creating all the problems this way. I'm unsettled with the Lord. I don't have His peace. Because if I had His peace, it would pass all understanding of everything happening to me. Everything happening to you. And God wants me to have peace. Look at He says, Glory to God in the highest of heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom His favor rests. I always thought this song was about peace with each other. We sang a song, let there be peace, let there be peace on earth. And I'm sitting there bawling and behind the going, this is just, and let it begin with me. And you know what? It does begin. Any kind of peace that I can have, that I can express to other people, it begins with me and God. It's that peace that we have. Because when I have this peace, all the other kinds of peace come along, they follow. What kind of peace are the angels singing about? It's a Listen, it's not a peace that you find on earth. You'll not kind find this kind of peace. It's from heaven itself. Look at Isaiah 26. says, You, Lord, give true peace. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about God coming here wanting to, to give you peace. What's it say? Uh, 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 Charles Wesley wrote a song called Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinner reconciled. That's He captures this verse right there. It's about peace between me and God more than anything else. Jesus said it like this, I give you peace. The kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the, the peace the world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. What's he talking about? He's talking about shalom peace. Hebrew word for peace, shalom peace. Well, what's that? Well, it's, it's not about having peaceful circumstances. No, shalom is about having peace in any circumstance. It's not like the peace, it's not like the peace the world offers because you can't find it in a prescription. You can't find it in a political policy. You can't find it in a possession. You can't find it in a group of people. Why? Be, why not, Tim? Well, because the, pers- the buzz on, of the prescription wears off. So you have to take another pill. The policy only gets replaced after four years by some other president. Some other government comes along. And the possession begins to rust and wear out. And it might give you some peace for a while, but it breaks down. And people, people, sometimes people, you find security and peace. You think, if I was married to this person, if I had this child, and by the way, you have a child, you think you're going to have peace? <laughs> Okay, you, you, you keep thinking that, alright? But the point I'm just trying to say is people fail us. People hurt us. And so they're not the source. They don't last. And I can buy, listen, I can buy all this kind of stuff. I do it myself. All this stuff, and we just put, we, we gather all this stuff, and we think, well, with all this stuff, I'll have some kind of sense of, 
of security. But the problem is it's as fragile as Wall Street, as fragile as a short short circuit, as fragile as a, a, a jerk at the wheel, and it's all broken down. No, peace isn't found in these things. It's not found on any place on earth. It is found in a person that came from heaven. And that's Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. So what kind of peace does He want to bring us? That's what I want us to... Let's just close out looking at this very quickly here on Christmas Eve. Christmas brings three kinds of peace. First, God wants to give me spiritual peace. And that's peace with God. This is the biggest one. If you don't have this, you'll never have peace in your life. You'll never have any kind of peace in your life if you don't have peace with God. Spiritual peace. Eternal peace. See, spiritual peace is peace between between me and God. And that's what the angels are excited about. I'm reminded of a passage in Luke, I believe it's in Luke 15, where Jesus said when a sinner repents, there's more rejoicing in the presence of the angels when someone repents. What excites heaven? Redemption. What excites heaven? What gets God excited? Where He's doing, by the way, it says in the Prince of Angels, you get the idea that God's doing the flip-flops and the, you know, the cartwheels and the praising. What excites Him the most is when people change. Why? Because then they, they have this peace that passes all their understanding. Second Corinthians 5 says this, God has done it all. He sent, He sent Christ, that is the Messiah, He sent Christ to make peace between Himself and us. Look what Romans 5 says. Even when we were God's enemies, in other words, when we didn't even care, when we were against God, he's talking to Christians here. They've become Christians at one time. You're not a Christian, you're an enemy of God. If you're not a Christian, you're not right with God, you stand against God. And he's telling these people in Rome, when, even when we were God's enemies, when we didn't even want peace, when we didn't even, couldn't even make peace, He made peace. He made peace with us because His Son died for us. Yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we're at peace with God, we'll be saved by the Son's life. I just, I'm just thinking about this. Christmas is about God making peace with me. Shouldn't I be making peace with Him? I can't. I can't do anything to make peace with Him. But He can. And He does. Praise God He does. There's another kind of peace that He wants us to have. And I believe when we... And by the way, I just want to say before we go on, do you have peace with God? I'm not judging you. I'm, not, I'm just saying, just, you got to ask that question. Do I have peace with God? Because God does not want you to be stressed out, tensed up, guilt and shame all the time going on in your life. He doesn't want you to feel like, I'm always falling short, I'm never good enough. He wants to... That's, man, that just sounds so oh, conflict there, huh? And he wants to take that away and replace it with his peace. And that comes when I give my life to Christ. So what's the second peace? Well, God wants me to have internal peace, and that's the peace of God. The Bible talks about, there's like um, 400 verses in the Bible about peace. And if you look at all of them, I looked at all of them. Whew, it takes a while. I couldn't believe there's the peace with God, peace of God. And here we see the peace of God. He wants me to have internal peace. He's saying, look, I don't want you to worry about anything. I want you to be able to be settled. 
and, 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 and calm, even if the things around you are crazy. And when I, and listen, when you and I have the peace, we have peace with God, God will give you the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7. Then because you belong to Christ, belong to Christ Jesus, there's Messiah again. God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. When I belong to Christ, when I make a commitment to Jesus, not a casual commitment, folks, when I make a commitment, a serious commitment to Christ, I begin to experience the peace, the hostility between us is gone. And I begin to have this hostility inside me begins to disappear. You've had those moments where things are going crazy and you're not, you're not phased by it? You ask yourself, why? Why am I not phased by this? The peace of God. The peace of God. And it passes, you know, you don't understand. You go, oh, how can I be so calm about this? It passes my understanding. Thank God I don't have to understand it. Just, just need to experience it. You see, when my eternity is secure, all the temporary things aren't going to matter as much. Stuff isn't going to get to me. People are not going to get to me as easily. Because my security is with the Lord and not what people think or whether or not something works right or not or my plans work out. David said it this way, when I go to bed, I sleep in peace because, Lord, You keep me safe. It's almost as if God is providing peace for every problem you're going to face. So when I'm broken hearted, God gives me this comforting peace. When I'm worried, I, I find His reassuring peace. When I'm hurt by someone, I can experience His healing peace. And when I'm ashamed, I can experience His forgiving peace. And when I'm confused, then this peace that passes my understanding I can experience. I don't know if you've got internal. If are you, you got some peace inside you, secure. If you're, if things are kind of out of whack here, folks, I'll get, I guarantee you they're out of whack this way. They're out of whack with the Lord. He wants you to be experiencing His peace. Number three, God wants to give me relational peace, and that's peace with others. Oh boy, here we go. It's the most. Wonderful time of the year. That's a big fat lie. I know it. Right? Is it the most wonderful time for you? When you're at peace with God, it can be. Boy, I tell you what, there's a relative or a friend right now you're going, I've got to go see. Or, or I've got to call. I'm not looking forward to this. You know, the Bible... <laughs> But God wants to have, give you relational peace, and that's peace with others. It's, it's a peace from God, you could say. Look at Romans 12. Do your, the best you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, I don't know about you, but that's one of the most difficult passages in the Bible to obey. <laughs> I can't get along with anybody. Anybody else, I guess? You, you, you don't get along with everybody, do you? There's always somebody who's going to rub you the wrong way. Somebody you're not going to like. 
it's, it's just, uh, it's, uh, for some reason we just, remember what about Bob, the movie what about Bob and, and, he, and him and Richard Dreyfuss said, he goes, I don't know what it is, but there just seems to be a chemistry between the two of us. Yeah, it's explosive is what it is. It's explosive. And you have some people like that. I got people like that. And, you know, I think, man, I do my best. I do my best and still fail. Well, that's all. Just do your best. But I don't, it, does, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't make any difference. I can't get along with people. And maybe the reason it's so difficult, just think about this. Maybe the reason it's so difficult having peace with other people is because there's something going on between me and God. That peace is being compromised in some way because, folks, there's a connection between my relationship with God and my relationship with others. There's some connection that God has placed between this peace I can have with Him and the peace I can have with other people. You see, when I don't have the peace of God, it shows up in my relationships. When I'm distant from God, I'm talking personally. You, you, don't, you can just listen to this, okay? This is between me and the Lord here. Lord, I know when, when things aren't good, good between us, I take it out on everybody around me. I'm grumpy, cranky, defensive, unforgiving. I know you could add more to that. Some of you could add more to that. Oh, mention also you can be a jerk. Oh, okay, a jerk. I don't think I'm the only one here. Whenever, whenever peace is compromised between you and God, you know what? Sometimes the, sometimes the reason somebody is touchy and grouchy and grumpy is because they've got some hidden sin they've not dealt with. And you're just getting the fallout from it. They're under this pressure like a teapot. It, it comes out in speech. It comes out in, I was going to say, it comes out, boop, 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 boop. You know, it comes out in speech. It comes out of what we do, how we feel. Look at Proverbs 16 promises. When people live to please the Lord, even their enemies will be at peace with them. Now, I know you're trying to think of exceptions to that. Because if you can think of an exception, then you're going to take that exception. I know I do it myself. Well, there's some people you just can't get along with. That's the way it is. I don't think it's meaning that you're going to have peaceful moments with them. It's that you can at least carry yourself in a peaceful way and control yourself when you're around them. When you please the Lord, when you seek to please the Lord, you find peace with God. And then you can have peace with these people that you just can't seem to get along with. Okay. Look at this other passage in Isaiah 26. You, Lord, give true peace. You give peace to those, look at this, who depend on you, you give peace to those who trust you. You want the peace of God? It just means you just decide, I'm going to depend on God. I'm going to trust the Lord. And man, He would love for you to do that, to make that decision this Christmas. Best present you could give yourself today is to, is to say, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. I know some of you bought presents for yourselves. I know people do that because we don't do a good job again. You go and buy one yourself. I just got my own. Well, give yourself a present today. I'm going to trust. I'm going to decide to trust the Lord. I'm going to depend on the Lord. I'm going to fix. I'm going to. I'm going to at least respond. Lord, what's between us? Because I want to change that. What have I got between me and God that's disrupting the peace? It's not my wife. It's not my kids. It's not my husband. It's not my family members. Not a friend that's really at the source of my problem. No, I'm the source of my problem. There's a problem between me and God. I need to clear that up and get that dealt with. And I would like you to do that today. Do it on Christmas Eve. I love Christmas songs. 
I've got a song. I've got a Zephaniah three. This is up on the screen. This is the last verse here. Look at this. God sings. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty one will save you. The Lord will be happy with you. You will rest in His love. That sounds like peace, doesn't it? And look, He will sing and be joyful about you. You know, God sings about you. You know, we're singing different songs on Christmas. God has His own Christmas songs too. And He sings over you. You thrill Him. You commit your life to Him. You've been faithful. You know, you've not been perfect, but you know you're giving it. You're giving it. You're leaving it out there. You're saying, Lord, I really want to do this. I really want to serve You. He sings over you. He wants you to rest in His love this morning. As I close, on Christmas Eve, I, this is a song I heard on John Tesh's show this morning and I, by Faith Hill. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Not a ring on her hand, all her dreams and all her plans. A baby changes everything. And she cries. Oh, she cries. She has to leave, go far away. Heaven knows she can't stay. A baby changes everything. She can feel he's coming soon. There's no place, there's no room. A baby changes everything. And she cries. And she cries. Gather round. Up above, the star shines down. Star shines down. A baby changes everything. Choir of angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. A baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. 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 Hallelujah. 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 My whole life has turned around. I was lost, but now I'm found. A baby changes everything. I want you to know, this baby that was born wants to change everything. He wants to give you a peace where you can, you can rest in His love and have and experience peace that passes all understanding this earth can try to figure out. It passes it all. And you can have that when you depend on Him and trust Him. There's a card in your bullet. And in this... Uh, this card is a simply a, a prayer request. Maybe you've got something you'd like for people to pray for you this Christmas. Maybe pray about someone. Maybe something about you. Things aren't really good between you and God. You want to make that right. That's what I suggest to you. Make that decision right where you are. I'm, I'm going to rededicate my life to Christ right now. Why don't you put that on that card and let people pray for you this week. I know we're all getting ready to leave. We're all going to go our separate ways. Like the shepherds, after they heard this song, they went out and they started singing the same song. They started praising. And I pray that today, as the snow falls on Christmas Eve, that you'll, you'll be able to sing to this song from heaven. We're going to give you a chance to fill out this card and then uh, while we sing and then we're going to wrap up our services, collect up those cards along with our contribution. May God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Let's pray. Father, thank You for um, this morning. Thank You for, for Your character, for Your love. Father, for Your deep desire to be, to be with us, 
when we didn't even really care. Thank you for that, Father. Father, I know some of us here, 2017 has been a, been a year of a lot of stuff. Lots of things topsy-turvy. A lot of things uh, happening that just out of our control. Up and down. We ask for peace, Father. Give us this inner peace. There's people, Father, we have in our life that we're not at peace with. It's hard. We get worked up from just being in the same room with them. Father, give us the peace. And let it begin. Let it begin with you and us. You and I. Father, that we all can say with you and I. Let it begin. Let that peace on earth come from heaven. Come into our heart. Into our circumstances. Into our worries. Into our job. Into our future. Let it flow in our past. Pray for that kind of peace. And let it begin with you and I today. Each of us here can say that. Uh, Sherry's got a broken leg and she's in the hospital at Alt Memorial. And, and uh, let's pray, Father, you take care of her. She's going to be spending Christmas at a hospital. Father, help us visit her. Let her know that we love her a lot. And Father, those that are traveling and those that are sick, Father, be with them, Father, but also work in them and through them and, and protect them. I know some of us here have lost family and friends. Um, and Christmas is a little different this year. Father, let your peace reign. Let it fill those places. Let your comfort and your reassurance um, fill our hearts. Thank you so much, Lord, for the greatest gift of all. Your Son, the Christ. And we offer this in, in His name. Amen.